The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Tuesday, February 18th. We'll do a little Top 5 Tuesday. That's a theme we got going on this offseason. Uh, we're going to rank the top five free agents under the age of 25. Thanks to the list from Sean Wagner McGuff, one of four super friends on today's show. Reminder that if you have a question you want answered, and we have a lot of them. Somebody asked Ryan how he constructs his mock drafts. We will get to that one at some point this <laughs> offseason before mm. the draft. Um, you can leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast. Ask any question. You can ask it of the four of us, Jason Lockenfora, um, Pete Prisco, Brady Quinn, whoever you want. Uh, maybe you have a, a question about who to bet on in the big uh, Fury Wilder fight. Because that's happening this weekend. It's a rematch in the ring. Fury Wilder 2 from Vegas and the State of Combat podcast with Brian Campbell as you covered with an ultimate fight preview. First meeting in a draw. We're expecting a different result this time. BC and Rafe Bartholomew will get picks if you want to throw a little cash down for all things Fury Wilder 2. Download the State of Combat podcast in whatever exact spot you get your pick six podcast. And uh, while you're there, check out the uh, Island College Basketball podcast. You won't care about college basketball till March, but you can go and subscribe. And that way it's in your feed once the uh, tournaments start rolling around. Maybe they'll get you some money, too. Anyway, Super Friends Show. One of two Super Friends Show this week, I believe. We'll be recording on Thursday as well, John Breach. You uh, still still not a dad, huh? Uh, not a dad, but I am here recording with you on President's Day. It is my last President's Day without a kid. I should be out drinking, but no, I am here hanging with the Super Friends. That's dedication. Do you usually drink on President's Day? Like, have, go out and party on President's Day? I mean, I wouldn't blame do you. Do you not drink? That's like a top five drinking holiday, Brenton. It's New Year's Eve, Cinco de Mayo, President's Day. Two Does more. That, well, <laughs> my birthday. Does that count? That's, no, not, that's, not, holiday, that's yeah. not a holiday. Thanks, <laughs> Thanksgiving and Halloween. Oh, you gave us six. All right, very good. I was going to say Flag Day, but fair enough. Did oh, you okay. say Fourth of July? Flag Day's top ten. I don't drink Didn't on Fourth of July. Labor Day, Memorial Day. You don't. You don't drink on Fourth of July. I am a, a patriotic person. Stays sober and celebrates their country. Sean, jeez. Then why Sean. are you drinking on President's Day? <laughs> because it's a completely different thing. Yes. President. What's that? Who do you think was the drunkest president? I have no idea. I'm just curious. Richard Nixon towards uh, the end. Did drink all, all, <laughs> and all of them before 1900. Yeah. Like, why, I think Washington was like a booze hound. 
He had There's an article, the 11th drunkest president. <laughs> Can you guys guess who number one is? Oh. Did I write uh, it? Oh, 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 oh. Let's, let's all get serious guesses in here. I'm going to say uh, Herbert Hoover. But uh, <laughs> just hold on. Don't answer anything yet, Sean. I want uh, Is Breach correct in that it, they're all probably in the 19th century or before? A lot of them, yeah. Yes. Uh, I know my presidential drunk history. My guess it's, it's, is it makes, it's a lot easier to be a drunk president before like the, the cameras and like TV cameras. Right, Brenton's was not even on the list. Ah. So he, he loses. Ryan. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I was going to let Breach go. Um, I'm going to go with Grover Cleveland. He's seventh on the list. Ooh. So at least you put this family feud uh, stuff. All right. I'm going to go with Andrew Jackson. That's a good guess. He's not on the list. Oh, actually, not, Andrew, not on the list. I, I want to say Andrew Jackson was didn't drink. Um, Still got to go with. Um, By the way, the reference for this is 11points.com. So I'm not sure how reputable <laughs> this website is, but they were the only website that ranked the drunkest presidents. I want to say John Adams. Number one, Brinson. Ooh, he got it, it on his second go. Yes. Brinson Googled it and cheated after he whipped on the first one. Yeah. Apparently, he wrote to his wife. Ooh, yeah, he sounds like he was an alcoholic. He was. He talked about rum and cider and beer a lot to his wife. I have read the first twenty-five pages of the uh, John Adams biography, though. So there you go. Surprised you didn't get it the first time. You're right. <laughs> um, I celebrated pretty hard for that. Uh, anyway, let's get to some football talk. <laughs> so there's your President's Day fun fact. All right. Of course. Everybody's listening to this on Tuesday after President's Day. Wouldn't have been better to do this. Yeah, but they're dealing with their President's Day hangovers because I'm sure they all drink on President's Day, and this is the kind of facts you want to get. That's right. So you can walk around and tell you can be like, man, I feel worse than John Adams today. Boom. There you go. <laughs> do people still do water coolers? <laughs> There's a water cooler in the office. In yeah, usually. Yeah. I think it's really more like the coffee station, like the the, yeah. the coffee station these days. Yeah. Probably. So uh, – Let's dive into a little draft talk. We did a Ryan Wilson's mock draft on Monday, hashtag mock draft Monday. We'll be doing one of those every Monday. Uh, it causes Ryan's scorching personality, causes us to fall out of the, the iTunes charts. That's okay. We'll bounce back. Um, we were yes. by Josh Edwards yesterday. He did a great job, I thought. Josh Edwards did a great job, yes. Uh, smoke okay, I feel like we get a little sound drop for this. Smoke screen or the real thing? Like what's something, that? I don't know who says it. What's that? What's that sound like, you think? I don't know. No, I feel like we should have somebody like we could do this during draft season. Like get oh, somebody to record it something. The, uh, it should be the woman who does the voiceovers for the the NFL Today show. She's really good. Like she could do that. Get her, Brinson. Okay, we'll get her. Um, could you do an imitation, Ryan? No, of course not. She's really good. She's an actress too. I, of course, I can't give remember. Us, give us a little. You know. Next on CBS Today. No, that's the wrong. That's the wrong show. <laughs> <laughs> no, the smoke screen thing should be the guy that does the Dr. Pepper commercials. He goes like, smoke screen! What? What you know, that? like, <laughs> Dr. Pepper, you know the guy I'm talking about? You've seen well, this? Do you think we can get Josh Charles to do it? He's JLC's buddy. Yeah. Maybe maybe JLC can get Josh Charles to do it. Because he does all the NFL film stuff. Or uh, John Hamm. John Hamm's friend. Uh, who's Who's friend? Breach. Breach met him at the honors. And by met him, I mean looked at him and told everyone he met him. Well, Dave Damashek, who's actually going to be – I think Sheck is going to be on the podcast later this week, so that's exciting. Uh, Sheck is actually in a fantasy league with John Hamm that they play on CBS Sports. So maybe he held up his CBS fantasy app. So maybe we get John Hamm to do it. Anyway, give us a – Breach, do the Dr. Pepper thing. Can you go smoke screen or the real thing? 
Is Ryan taking a selfie right now? <laughs> that is a lot. If Ryan hadn't snorted in the middle of it, it would have been fine. Ryan, Ryan Wilson, ruining sound drops since 2005. Ryan's looking at something and he's trying to take a photo of something. <laughs> take a picture. Uh, I'm watching John on HQ and looking at him here. And it's, I have two Johns in my house. Very uncomfortable. Two bruises. The last thing you see after you see two Johns is the end of your life. Well, if John Hamm, Josh Char, or Josh Charles listen to the podcast, we would love to have you do it. All the breaches. Smoke screen. I can't even do it. I can't get my voice that high. Oh my God. That's do it one more time. Uh, yeah. Ryan, try not to snort this time, please. Justin Garini. That is the guy that does the Dr. Pepper. So now, I couldn't think of his name. He was the runner up to Kelly Clarkson on American Idol, like in 2002. Uh, so yeah, that, that's the guy I'm trying to say. The real thing. We I can't do it again, man. It's like a twice. I'm killed. I might not be able to finish this podcast now. That's how much it hurts my voice. But anyway, smokescreen of the real thing. Dolphins, according to the Miami Herald, Armando Salguero. I saw it as after our pal Adam Beasley tweeted it in my timeline. Uh, that the Dolphins, the, here's the, the essence of the report, Ryan. The Dolphins are not as high on Tua, and they actually really like Justin Herbert. This is from Armando's article. As the Miami Dolphins have been studying college talent and meeting to develop an organizational plan for the NFL Combine in Indianapolis next week. See? Team, even teams wait until the last minute to develop an organizational plan for the Combine. So there you go. The team's emerging view at the top of the quarterback class might surprise some. Firstly, the club's view of Alabama quarterback Tua Tagovailoa is oh. not of a slam dunk. What's that? That was the worst one you said in like two weeks. Well, how, say it again. Tongue. Just think of tongue. Tongo by Loa. I keep hearing people not say tongue. That's it, how he pronounces it. Don't worry about other people. Worry about him. Tongo by Loa. It's not of a slam dunk pick near the top of the draft. At least not yet. The Dolphins will go through the process of vetting Tua at the Combine and beyond, as other teams will, before deciding if he's worth the number five overall selection, which Miami holds in the first round of the April draft. Secondly, the club has had an increasingly positive view of Oregon quarterback Justin Herbert. So let me ask you, Ryan Wilson, smoke screen. Oh, the yeah. thing. That was good. Yeah, it feels like a smoke screen, and I understand why the Dolphins would do it, because it seems like this happens every year around this time. Uh, I, look, if two is healthy, and that's a big if, he's a much better quarterback than Justin Herbert, and there, no one thinks otherwise. Now, their concerns about his height and his arm strength and his durability, and those are all fair concerns. Justin Herbert's tall, has a great arm, and is healthy, but he is not as good a quarterback. So, you look, you could draft Justin Herbert at five, and I would guess it probably wouldn't be a great situation for Justin Herbert or the Dolphins. Now, look, if you got him at 18, that would make – fine. No one's going to argue with that. If you took Chase Young, should he happen to fall at five, you get Chase Young and you come back and get – to um, Justin Herbert at 18, fine. But if you take him at five, even if Tua is not healthy and is not clear to play and, and no teams want to take a, a risk on him, I get all that. I still would not take Justin Herbert that high. What do you guys think? Smokescreen? Real thing. I think it's the real thing because it, it is dumb for the Dolphins to let out that they might be interested in another quarterback because if you, want, if you think the Dolphins are absolutely going to take Tua, then – you know Herbert's out there. You, you think about trading up, but all of a sudden, if you're interested in Tua, so so say you're a team, you're the Chargers, you love Tua, you're like, hey, we got to trade up in front of the Dolphins. But now all of a sudden, the Dolphins like two quarterbacks, maybe going after Herbert. Now, if you're interested in Tua, maybe you don't have to trade up, or you don't offer as much because you think Tua might fall into your lap, uh, and so this kind of changes how 
you your perception of the draft and how you play it, but in your favor. Uh, you know, so like if it would have said Dolphins interested in Tua, but also this positional player, you know, maybe that changes things. But the fact that another team could end up with Tua, if I'm interested in Tua, I, I love this report. If I'm a team but, interested in Tua. Doesn't that make you maybe more look at the Dolphins at five and say, oh, maybe they are willing to trade down and then you offer to trade up to five? Well, right now I don't have to trade up to two. That's what I'm saying. Like if I thought the Dolphins wanted Tua, I had to get in front of them. Now I might be able to get him at five minimum. And so I'm saving uh, draft capital by the Dolphins being interested in two quarterbacks. See, I look at it as the Dolphins – have been connected to Tua so heavily for the past like 18 months that they're trying to a um, they're trying to do one of two things, assuming they still like Tua, and I think that they do. Uh, one, they're trying to set up a or maybe one of three things. One, they're trying to set up a situation where uh, you know other people like are less likely to try and jump them for Tua, meaning that he would or you know that they wouldn't have to trade off. I guess that's one of two things. But in other words, they would love to sit at five and get Tua without having to pay some kind of ransom to move up to two or three or have to worry about the Chargers or the Panthers jumping them for Tua. Um, two, I think that it's possible uh, that they're just trying to reduce the price tag for trading off. Like, ah, yeah, we don't really like Tua. We kind of into Herbert too, man. We don't know. We'll, we'll chill here at five and take Herbert if we have to. NBD or some such, whatever the kids are saying these days. Um, and then, uh, I don't know, maybe three, I think this is some like 3d level chess, but they could be trying to entice, they could hate Tua and they're trying to entice the Panthers or chargers to trade up to go get Tua. So, I mean, like, I, I think it's a full blown smokescreen. I don't buy that. They're not really like, I don't really buy that. They really like Tua, but I mean, I think either way it benefits them to downplay their interest in Tua over the next few weeks and months. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. And we'll find out more about Tua anyway. And if Tua is actually to the point where he can't play, none of this will matter because then they will actually be interested in Justin Herbert, just no matter how much they're going to pay for him. Um, by the way, Joe Burrow said at the bing- of the Bengals, if they take me, they take me. And then he added, then please kill me. <laughs> John Breach, is that a ringing endorsement that Joe Burrow wants to go to Cincinnati? Smokescreen of the that, real thing, John. That last quote was not true. Brenton made that up. <laughs> Burrow said, did not say he would kill himself. I definitely did not say that. He, I didn't, I didn't even say that. I said he asked somebody else to put an end to. And who do we know that's a Bengals fan that likes killing people? <laughs> One breach member here. Um, it's a long process in the next couple of months. <laughs> Joe Burrow added. He's like this. He's like, how did I get good the one year the Bengals had the pick? Speaking of the Bengals. He's, yeah, so like I thought I was going to Miami. I thought they were going to be the crappy team this year. I, was, I, I had my house picked out in South Beach, and now I got to live in Cincinnati. Does that bother you at all, John? As a Bengals fan, are you at all concerned that it sounds like he's not super pumped about going to Cincinnati? He doesn't have a choice. This isn't going to be like if he tried to pull an Eli Manning or uh, a John Elway. Mike Brown's the one owner you can't pull it. He'll he'll literally just draft Joe Burrow and let him sit on the bench if he doesn't want to p- play for the team. Like you also, yeah. you can't do it. You can't really do it in with the new CBA. Like, but as a fan, you don't want the quarterback to hate your team before he even gets there. That's my question. Oh yeah, I mean, you absolutely don't want a toxic relationship before he, he's even gone to his first practice. I mean, that's a negative. Uh, but you, you don't have a choice here. I mean, if you want Joe Burrow, you have to take Joe Burrow. You can't let the number one pick go to waste. And I do think like. That people are justifiably worried. I know the, uh, Mike Florida's gotten a hard time for trying to create this toxic dynamic between the two, but I think 
it's probably not as bad as he's making it sound, but there is a reason to be worried. But I do think that Burrow, uh, once he talks to Zach Taylor and meets a lot with the Bengals, I think he'll be more okay with playing there and uh, everything will work out. Um, you know, the Bengals, speaking of smoke screens, maybe the Bengals are trying to throw out a smoke screen for Joe Burrow. To let him know that, hey, man, we're totally cool with like quarterbacks we draft who are stuck in horrible situations that they can't get out of. Andy Dalton, we'd love to trade you to a great spot, man. Oh, we love Andy. Great guy. We benched him for Ryan Finley in the middle of the season, but no big deal. We love him. He's great. Trade you wherever you want. Uh, this feels like a smoke screen, too. They're trying to be nice to Andy Dalton by telling him they'll send him wherever is best for him and that they'll work with him on a trade. And they won't send him somewhere he'd be uncomfortable with. Um, I don't know where Andy Dalton would be uncomfortable with. I guess like... Yeah, how's this smoke screen? I feel like they're trying to do good by him. No, they, they're trying to do good by him. They're acting like they're trying to do good by him to make Joe Burrow think that they're not terrible with quarterback relationships. Oh, gotcha, yeah. Be like how you would, you post pictures of like, you know, your kids and wife on Instagram. You're like, oh, we're having a great time to make people think that you actually like each other. Yeah. Hypothetically. <laughs> there are a lot of people on Instagram having a great time, by the way. I don't know where they're having all these good times. Not, not enough sad pictures on Instagram. <laughs> that would actually be kind of funny if somebody started an account that was just like, like, like depre- at depressed family or something like that. Or like, real life Instagram. Yeah. Like you constantly post videos. You're like screaming like, F you. Like, are you kidding me? I don't have time for this. I got to work. Got a lot of content of that too. Oh my God. They'd have to meet my own feet if I did that. Uh, so Breach, what do you think about Andy Dalton and the Bengals? I know you tweeted about this some. Uh, are you excited that the Bengals are going to try and help your boy out? Probably your favorite football player of all time outside of your dad, right? I mean, it's a little dis. Yeah, Dalton's in the top five, absolutely in the top five. It's yeah, disappointing. Yeah, the other three, top five, not even top two. All, there's a lot of other kickers in NFL history, guys. No, uh, Bengals, top five Bengals. Donald Ibwe Buike, uh, Mike Vanderjack. Kevin Butler. I mean, I could just go on all day about kickers that are my airs, John. Bengals play like a good list of kickers. (laughs) (laughs) Mike Vanderjack. But here's the thing. It's I hate that they're doing this now because before the trade deadline, I feel like they could have got more. I think the Bears are the best landing spot. But Sean and I know Sean has admitted. I don't know if he's admitted this on the podcast, but he would rather have. Andy Dalton over Mitchell Trubisky. But here's my question to you, Sean. You guys, a, you guys had a tearful moment at the end of the show last week. Well, let me ask you this, Sean. But what would you be willing to give up for Andy Dalton? Similar to the compensation the Titans gave up for Tannehill, which was like, what, like a fourth and a sixth or something like that? I think that's fine. Anything above the third round, hard pass, especially because the Bears don't have a first-round pick and they're already limited. What but if I think a fourth-round pick. What if round it's third-round conditional where if he wins a playoff game, it moves to a second round, and if he takes in the Super Bowl, it moves to a first round. Well, the Bears don't have a first round pick, so. Well, I, it moves to the first round for the next year because you wouldn't know until. I the mean, next yes, year hypothetically, I would take a Super Bowl well, over a first round pick every single day. Wait, wait, wait so wait, in that wait, so the trade offer you're talking about is a 2021 third round pick that moves to a second if they win a playoff game, if Andy Dalton starts and they win a playoff game, and a first round pick if they if they go to the Super Bowl. I yes. would that in a heartbeat. I would do that easily. Boom, I'm the Bengals general manager. That's the trade right there. You get a third-round pick that could be a second and a first. I think uh, 2021. So the Bears don't have to give up a single draft pick this year. I mean, by and then the Bengals get a third-round pick in 2021. Team. Yeah, all right. Yeah. We just we just made the deal. I feel like we've made multiple Andy Dalton Bengals to the Bears deals on this podcast, and the NFL has refused to listen every single time. This one's realistic, though. But I, I do think that that is probably the best landing spot for Dalton because Bill Lazor's there. Obviously, he was the offense coordinator with the Bengals. Uh, 
uh, with Dalton, so Dalton knows his system, won't have to go and learn something brand new. And, I mean, I feel like the Patriots landing sides have been talked about a lot, and I would be interested to see how you guys feel about that, but I think that makes a lot of sense because the Patriots can win with a game manager. They just need someone not to throw interceptions, which means they're not going to sign Jameis Winston or Phillip Rivers. So, boom, you go to Andy Dalton, you pay him $17 million, you give all the other money to uh, receivers, tight ends, and your defense. It's funny you mentioned Phillip Rivers because I think the Chargers make a lot of sense for Andy Dalton. I mean, Ooh. I'd love to see Andy Dalton play, well, not playing the soccer stadium anymore, but going out there and taking the Chargers to the Super Bowl while Phillip Rivers is crying in Tampa Bay and Will Brinson's at home on his couch <laughs> with Phillip Rivers on Skype as Andy Dalton uh, wins, wins that Lombardi trip. And, and I have my Here's... Dalton Chargers jersey. <laughs> Why would the Chargers give up, though, draft ammunition for Andy Dalton when they have Tyrod Taylor. Like Andy Dalton's probably better than Tyrod Taylor, but it's not, he's not the difference between taking them to the playoffs. And, and Andy Dalton's not selling tickets, sorry, in their new stadium either. By no. the way, uh, worth worth noting here from uh, Peter King on Monday in uh, Football Morning in America, his column, uh, Belichick, might, we mentioned the Patriots, but I just want to point this out for the compensation. The Patriots are another landing spot for Dalton. Belichick might want to begin anew with a quarterback he feels is good who costs significantly less. Someone like 32-year-old Andy Dalton. The Patriots probably have to pay a third or fourth round pick for Dalton, who has a year left on his contract and no future in Cincinnati. Well, hell, they paid a, what, a second round pick for most of new? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that's not outrageous. Cincinnati round. might be a better quarterback than Andy Dalton. Ooh, he's a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky. We know that. All right, so d- rank these spots in order of, or give me your two best landing spots for Andy Dalton. Bears, Buccaneers, Battlestar Galactica, Patriots, <laughs> Chargers, Colts, Panthers, Saints. Go ahead, Sean. You haven't talked in a while. Wait, Bears, before you guys Bears. rank, I'll just throw out real quick. Well, because Devo took the rankings, or that list from my story, that the Saints were in there as a dark horse bonus team because what if Breeze retires, Taysom Hill doesn't end up being good. I think you have to, if you're Sean Payton, you want some sort of veteran insurance uh, you know, Teddy Bridgewater walks and Taysom Hill's your starter. You cannot put all your eggs in that basket. You might need uh, a veteran backup. Okay, that's, that's all. sort of where we were going to go with the rankings. People could then expound on why they would make sense. Well, and I was explaining why that. The Saints, I was explaining why the Saints were on the list. It's a crazy team to be on the list. Right. I hope Sean the Saints is one of his top two. <laughs> I do not. My top two are the Bears and Patriots. Uh, like I feel like at this stage in Dalton's career, the Bucks don't make sense to me because. I don't think he fits in that downfield passing offense. Like, you look at uh, Jameis Winston led the league in average intended air yards or was second to Stafford, and uh, Andy Dalton was very middle of the pack, very average. Uh, and I don't think the Saints would – I think it would make sense. I just – wouldn't you rather have Teddy Bridgewater, who I don't think they're that different styles of quarterbacks, um, kind of game managers? Brief. Teddy Bridgewater at $30 million or Andy Dalton at $17 million? Teddy Bridgewater. Is Bridgewater going to cost thirty million? No, He's no. At, at least twenty five. So we'll say uh, we'll say twenty five minimum. Twenty five for Bridgewater, seventeen. He's getting twenty five. He's, He's not- a starting quarterback. He's getting twenty five. I, I like Bridgewater because I think there's the potential for all these teams that he morphs into your long term solution and not just a one or two year rental. Whereas Dalton is at the end of his career or approaching the end of his career, and I don't think you have that potential. You know what Andy Dalton is already. Um, so the Bears, Breach already went through the Bears, why they're the most obvious landing spot. And I was got 22 a million a year from the Jaguars and free agency. So I think. I like 22 to 25, something like that. Uh, the Bears, for everything Breach has laid out, um, they went 8-8 eight and eight without a quarterback. Give them a competent quarterback, and I think they're in the mix for a playoff spot. I can to, kind of see, and like this is a big test for me. I need to be able to see the quarterback in the uniform playing in the team. 
I can see Andy Dalton in a Bears uniform. It's not hard to it's not hard to picture. Especially if they wear that orange matches his hair. <laughs> Whoa, hair joke. You're a hair. Like, could you see Andy Dalton like going rogue and like growing a beard and like surprising some people? Can he grow a beard? Probably not. But he probably can't, can he? I bet, but if he could, it'd be a nice thick ginger beard. <laughs> He'd look like Tormund. <laughs> well, like, what if Andy Dalton just and it's cold in Chicago and he'd be in the north? Well, he's and like it's... WCW and he grows a beard and he's like in Chicago and he becomes like this like clean cut version of Jay Cutler. I I can kind of see it. I'm sticking with the Chargers and I also like the Panthers. Warm weather. You guys are underselling the fact that can he throw the ball when it's 20 degrees outside? Because it's sort of, he didn't have a great record doing that in recent years. Ryan, uh, have you ever been to Cincinnati? Yes, I have for a wedding. It wasn't terrible. <laughs> but it does get to 20 <laughs> degrees there. I was going to say, doesn't it? Is the weather that much different in Cincinnati and Chicago? That's that's what I just said. Have you seen him play the last few years? He wasn't great. But at least in San Diego or Los Angeles, wherever they're playing those games down the new stadium, and, and in Carolina, the weather's much warmer, and, and I feel like he'll at least have one less thing to have to worry about. And he can have success in Carolina. He's certainly better than, than Kyle Allen and Will Greer. We don't know what's going on with Cam Newton, and he's certainly better. I think he's better than Tyrod Taylor. I don't even think it's close. Can- they have uh, I would, can I would Brinson say, see him in a Panthers helmet? Very, I can. I, I actually, I, I really can. Like, I, the, the more I think about, it, the more I can kind of picture it. But I will. Andy Dalton surprisingly fits well in a lot of these uniforms. Um, but I will say this about the Panthers Not thing. clashes with the hair. No, see, I think he looks. I can picture him in a Buccaneers uniform. Um, just like perfect with that little alarm clock thing on his. Cho- oh yeah, it's 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 right there. Uh, the thing of the Panthers, though, it would be a weird move to get rid of your veteran quarterback from the 2011 draft class with one more year left on his contract to go get another veteran quarterback from the 2011 draft class with one more year on his contract. Like I think it would be like it would just be a bizarre move to the fan base if you traded away Cam Newton and then traded for Andy Dalton. Don't and, well the flip side of that is if you're the if you're Andy Dalton and you're allowed to facilitate this trade, I don't think the Panthers are on your list of teams you want to go to, especially if you think you're rebuilding, because you want to go to a team where either, uh, you know, you have a shot at the playoffs and Brinson, you've noted, you think the Panthers are going to tank next year. Dalton definitely does not want to play for a team that's going to be tanking. He just went through that in 2019. Uh, so I think he would rule out going to the Panthers. But, you know, as you guys say, offense, like, from a schematic standpoint, it could make sense. And real quick, Wilson, to your point of him in cold weather, he is 19 and 15 career record, which is the most wins, the 19 wins is the most he has in any month. In now, his did, career. now did January, smart guy. Well, regular season, he's one and one. Boom! If, if the Panthers are, think they're not going to be very good, it doesn't make very much sense. Oh, and five. A third round pick for Andy Dalton. One See, that's six. my argument against the Chargers as well. Like, why not, they're sitting at six, draft a quarterback, and start Tyrod in the interim, and then at some point in the middle of the season, put in the rookie. If the quarterback's not there at six, then what do you do? The team that was on your list, Breach, that makes a lot of sense that we haven't mentioned, probably because we all assume that Phillip Rivers is going there. I don't know if I can picture him in the uniform, but I kind of can. It's indoors, you know, the weather to worry about, and it would be a lot cheaper than uh, Phillip Rivers. How is he better than your Jacoby Brissett? I think that... What you're hoping Jacoby Brissett can become is 2015 Andy Dalton. Please, that's a slap in his face. You would say that to Jacoby Brissett's face? Listen, here's what I want from you. 2015 Andy Dalton, then we'll be all set. I think Brinson <laughs> would say it. I mean, if so in 2015, I know Breach knows he's off the top of his head because he wrote him down the other day. Um, I mean, he had a 106.2 quarterback rating. He hey, only played good. 13 games. He threw 25 touchdown passes and just seven receptions in 13 games. And he won just as many playoff games as Kobe Brissett did this year. 
But he didn't start any playoff games, Wilson, because he, broke- he was injured. Well, how did he break his thumb, John? Against your stupid Steelers. Boom! After he threw an interception. If Jacoby Brissett <laughs> went from what he did last year, even the good part of the season, and he put together a season like 2015 Andy Dalton, well, he can make the Colts are winning 12 games. Yeah, no, that's fine. No, Andy Dalton did have a good year that year. I, I'm, I'm just giving John a hard time. And they, they would have won that playoff game against the Steelers. Or are we talking about, and then 2016, he threw for 4,200 yards, but they went 6, 9, and 1. Nice. Yeah, he's not bad. He's good. That's why I think he's better than Tyrod Taylor. Um, Jameis Winston. We'll talk about him and where he might fit. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul. The designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So Bruce Arians came out and said – I love Bruce Arians with – like I loved him paired with Jameis Winston. Didn't work out the way we all thought it might. I like him paired with all I like off season Bruce Arians and all season Jameis Winston even better. Because Bruce Arians isn't playing the the media games where he says what's polite to the public. Um asked by uh Jenna Lane of ESPN, um how much more complicated the quarterback situation is this year with so many veterans set to become free agents. Aries actually said, I don't think there's that many guys involved. I'd be shocked if it's two, apparently referring to teams resigning their players like Tom Brady uh, and then franchise tags, Ryan Tannehill, transition tags, et cetera. And um, when asked if he had any clarity, he said, no, because you don't know who's available. You're just sitting and waiting to see, is there someone available and is he a better option? That's the problem. You get about three days to decide the legal tampering period. Is someone else going to like going to get let go? What's the trade values? It's really monotonous right now because you don't really have any answers. That is not a man who's saying we'd love to re-sign Jameis Winston, is it, Sean? No, and I think you can start going back to the comments he made immediately after their season finale, which their season ended with a walk-off pick six. And it seems silly to base a decision based off one throw that didn't matter because they're already out of the playoff race. But he did not seem happy about the interception, and he seemed to use that as an opportunity to talk about how this had obviously been an issue all year long. I think the 30 interceptions uh, aren't too much for him, and I think that he was generally supportive throughout the course of the year, and I think as soon as the season ended, I think we saw what he actually felt start to come out, and these comments certainly add on to that. I would be shocked if he's back. I think there are... Contrary to what he's saying, I think there will be a few options for them to have. We've talked about Philip Rivers multiple times moving his family to Florida. I kind of feel like that will happen. I don't love the fit, um, but I think he's going to look at what he did with Carson Palmer, a veteran at that time. I think a lot of people thought he was probably done or his best football was behind him, um, and he turned him into an MVP candidate, and I think that's what he's probably going to be looking at Rivers for. Again, I don't love the fit, but I feel like he likes that over Jameis. Look, Jameis led the league in what yards and touchdown passes, thirty interceptions. You just you can't win that way, and I think he knows that. How would Jameis Winston do 
playing for Josh McDaniels and the Patriots. No Belichick would quit after 10 interceptions <laughs> in the first three games. He'd literally just walk off the field and retire and say this was the dumbest thing I've ever done, and I'm taking five years off just to recalibrate from the massacre I've witnessed from Jameis Winston. I, you right. say that, but then, like, Jameis is the type of guy where it's like he is so talented that he probably shouldn't get to the free agent market. And if he did, you could see Belichick like just that like the first six hours of free agency, like all of a sudden he makes a massive offer and everybody's like, oh my god, is do we are we do we all make mistakes? And Jameis, like, right. So what if they sign Jameis and they pull a Brinson who stole my idea and trade for Odell Beckham? Then what are we talking about? Like, how do you feel about the Patriots then? I mean, forty interceptions. The patch goes no. <laughs> 40 interceptions? Because, <laughs> look, he's going to downgrade. His skill players are going to get worse in New England. The only person he'd have in Ryan's theoretical Odell situation is Odell. So no, he's, he's going to throw to Odell on every single play. Everyone's going to know it. And he's not going to listen to Josh McDaniels' dink and dunk offense. He's going to be, sorry, man, I went rogue again. Uh, I went deep to Odell, and it got picked <laughs> off. And sorry, that'll probably happen in the next series. And I'll apologize after that, too. It's like. I cannot see Jameis Winston possibly working in New England. Hey, Jameis and Sean does. No, I think Jameis would work in some places, just not New England. If Jameis became a free agent and within the first, like, six hours of free agency, Belichick dropped a lunker on him, yeah. everyone would freak out. Like, it, it would, remember, like, like they signed Stephon Gilbert. It was like, oh, boy, you probably shouldn't have let him hit the market. So they trade Rodell. They end up – they get A.J. Green. They draft a couple wide receivers. And then suddenly what? Then what they, sell, they sell Jameis Winston a quarterback, and who's going to throw 25 interceptions? Who's beating them in that division? Let's start there. Oh, I'm not saying they wouldn't make the playoffs. I mean, they could make the playoffs with Andy Dalton. Is Jameis uh, Winston an upgrade over Tom Brady net in 2020? No, of course not. Why are you hesitating? Uh-oh, Sean, I'm ready no, for it. Do no, it. I, don't, I don't think so. What's like, I is? would rather have Brady and Dalton over yeah. Jameis this year. But I'm saying everyone's crapping all over Jameis. I wonder if he went to the best-case scenario, which – Seems like the Patriots, so they got, got him some weapons, and then. But the uh, but to Breach's point, he was in a pretty good scenario in Tampa Bay. He, like he had better weapons than he's going to have in New England, and he had a really good offensive coach, and it did not work. I think Jameis would be a better fit for the Chargers, though. I think that offense would work better than the Chargers yeah, would be better like, off with. Hey, look, another guy throwing picks, <laughs> but better than say Dalton. Oh, backbreaking picks! How exciting! <laughs> so, using that logic, John, are you saying they're backbreaking picks? Phil they're Rip- used to it. The, the fan base is used to it. They're all used to it. So, John, are you saying using that logic that Philip Rivers is better in the Chargers' offense that he wouldn't be in the Patriots' offense? You think? Yes, I don't think I don't think Belichick would want Rivers either. I, same logic. I just think that he doesn't want a gunslinger. They want somebody who can run their offense, Rivers and gunslinging cool. is not part of the Patriots' offense. The Patriots would win twelve games if Philip Rivers is the quarterback. Yeah. They would win ten. Okay. okay. <laughs> okay. Weird stance to take. Uh, <laughs> it's eleven. You guys are all. Right, so I, I posted that poll on Twitter about twenty nineteen. Like who would win more games? Uh, I meant to say twenty twenty, but I'll say twenty twenty now. Who wins more games in twenty twenty? With what you know about the teams right now, Rivers on the Patriots or Brady on the Chargers? Rivers and the Patriots. That's yeah. what I voted for. Yeah, because guess who ain't blocking for the quarterback? The Chargers O-line. Yeah, and you know who's not coaching? It's Anthony Lynn versus Bill Belichick. You know who doesn't have to play Patrick Mahomes twice? <laughs> but also, if you don't count the quarterbacks, you're saying who does better, a team that went 12-4 and four last season or a team that went 5-11? and 11? You know, you can almost plug and play any quarterback there. I'm going to take the Patriots – no matter who the quarterback is, over to the Chargers, okay. no matter who the quarterback is, except for Mahomes. Swap. But then if that's the case, 
and Rivers goes to the Patriots and Brady goes to the Chargers and, and they go five and 12, five and 11. Like it's going to seriously tarnish Tom Brady's legacy. Then Brady's probably taking that into consideration and won't go to the Chargers unless they offer him like $40 million. He ain't going then. His wife makes $200 million a year. He doesn't need $40 million. She's a retired supermodel, Ryan. She probably only makes like $50 million now. I'm a retired supermodel. So <laughs> how many games do the Patriots win with Andy Dalton next year? 11. Every t- Put any person's name in there. <laughs> Matt Castle won 11 games in 2008, and he can't even throw the ball over hands. Teddy Bridgewater? Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> Ooh, that would be interesting. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is necessarily an upgrade over Andy Dalton or Philip Rivers. I think they're all about the same. They'll give you 11 wins in that system. Teddy Bridgewater's a lot younger. What about Ryan Tannehill on the Patriots? 11. They would be really good with Ryan Tannehill. They would win 11 football games. They would be good. Tannehill, I think Tannehill, Dalton, and Bridgewater. Like, if I'm Bill Belichick, and that would be my thing. It's like, if Brady is demanding $35 million a year, of course you want Tom Brady. He's Tom Brady. He's really good. And like, he seems to be poo-pooing about it. Last year was not his fault. Last year was the weapons around him. Like, I don't know. I mean, like, I think you can win a bunch of games with Dalton, Bridgewater, and Tannehill in New England. But, like, you're going to have to improve what's around them. Let me ask you this. How many games? I said 11. I think I might change off this. Mitch Trubisky in New England. <laughs> eight. Eight. Really? Nine. No. Ten. No. Ten. Ten. I Would mean, you, the Bears got the eight wins with, with Trubisky. All right. How about how many How many did they win with uh, Marcus Mariota? Eleven. Ten. Nine or ten. Okay. I mean, I think if he's healthy and uh, Josh McDaniels finds a way to well, make it happen. Since we're talking about the Patriots uh, – Strength of schedule stories coming out Tuesday when people are listening to this. And the Patriots have the hardest schedule in the NFL based on 2019 standings. Really? They have they have not had the hardest schedule in the NFL Ever. under the Belichick in the Belichick era. Typically uh-huh. it's the easiest. Uh it's usually not it's usually in the bottom third. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So we've got a pair of fives here. Fifth year option and a top five free agents under twenty five. Fifth year option, just to note I thought this was interesting from Pro Football Talk. There's some buzz that the new CBA could include a provision whereby if somebody, if a, if a, if a player on a rookie deal made the Pro Bowl twice, is there a soccer match on or something? I'm watching HQ. They're talking so- with Thomas Trump. Chelsea is, beloved Chelsea are losing one nothing to Manchester United at halftime. You were kept, you both kept peeking around the screen. I don't know if there's, uh, it's, half, it's halftime now. Uh, Brenton, I'm paying attention to you. Call it set break, Sean. Uh, the, we don't really call that. I'm kidding. Um, the, uh, but if you make the Pro Bowl twice in your first three years, instead of having a fifth-year option, that number would jump to the price of the franchise tag, according to Pro Football Talk. Uh, any thoughts on that? I, it's a better deal than what's currently going. But like, wait a second. This is this is a PFT's idea, or this is something they're putting on the, they're talking about for the, the bargaining. Buzz that they might include that as part of the new CBA. Hey, look, I feel like you know. They're, the contact, contracts are not guaranteed. The more leverage for the players, the better, especially early on in their careers. If that's what they want to do and give them a few extra million dollars a year, I don't care. Why do I care about that? I think well, uh, if you're the NFL, this feels like a no-brainer because the players will see this and feel like, hey, look, we now have a shot at a lot of money, so this helps us. But in reality, I think there were only two or three players in the whole entire NFL this would have applied to over the past 10 years. Uh, I think A.J. Green – Jalen Ramsey. So you're talking about a very, very, very small list of people who would have even been able to take advantage of this. But the players would be like, oh, well, we got we got them to uh, agree to something that's giving us more money when, in fact, it really doesn't. Yeah, as Florio notes, it would be – you would need to be – for it to really matter, 
it would need to be something like uh, he, the example he uses is William Jackson of the Bengals, who did not make two Pro Bowls. But uh, had he made them as the 24th pick, he would go from $9.954 million to $16.4 million, which is a huge bump in pay. Like if you get a $7 million bump in pay for the two Pro Bowls, that's great. I would argue that if that but see here's the, here's what the here's what the PA should argue for in my opinion in this spot is not that the tag that not that the option jumps to the tag number but that the option is replaced by a tag in other words you want to get to free agency a year sooner because the team could you 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 know the the following year after that option spike you would then pay them 120% on the actual tag, which is still not a prohibitive number to make sure you can keep them around. And so like for running back, that's tough. Is it, is it also weird that you'd be using Pro Bowls as like the measure? Because the Pro Bowl voting is not an exact science. Like Darius. Yeah. Hunter what if you're the fourth alternate who gets in and, and that's how you get your franchise tag? Cause you Mitch Trubisky work. made the Pro Bowl once. Darius Leonard, all pros a rookie. Not a pro bowler. So, yeah. It, it's, By the uh, way, the, the issue, just the one issue with your idea, Brenton, is that it sort of makes taking a player in the first round less relevant because the whole idea is to get the fifth-year option or, in this case, the the, the modified fifth-year option. So that may push some people out of the first round that you may take a risk on or whatever. I mean, that's just something to think about. Yeah. Um I, I, I you know, It's better for the players than what they have currently, but if that's the best – if, like, if all the PA gets is, like, the same revenue share – Plus, people can smoke weed, um, and and like they the fifth year option changes a little bit. Then maybe you need to do a better job negotiating. And they're going to get that seventeenth game too, so you don't need more than that. That's right, seventeen. Yeah, it's seventeen games in exchange. Here's a fifth year option coin that you can redeem if you get to <laughs> smoke <program>. your brain. <laughs> yeah, and you can get high as balls. Knock yourself out. Top five free. Can I say high as bees on here, Debo? You already did. How you doing, Debo? I'm great. Thanks what? for asking, Will. Are, are we are we talking Pro Bowl rules today? We were, but Debo took it off because he saw you were eager to talk about it. I was going to say Breach would have. Like, I couldn't come up with, like, a single thing to improve the Pro Bowl. It's, Breach probably has a whole list. Right? I literally spent a half hour coming up with Pro Bowl rules. What we you got, Breach? We can't scrap it. Give it well, to us. Right, give it to us. We'll let you, you can give us your best one. As, a, as an explanation, we all watched the NBA All-Star game on Sunday. They used the Elam ending, which is uh, they took the – my dog is going nuts. They took the final score uh, at the end of the third quarter and then – Whatever that score was, it's like you had to play to 24. They added 24 for Kobe to the, the, so like, what was it? Like 135 or 133 to 123 or something like that. And then they add 24 to the team with the highest score. And so you're playing to 157. And it was, a, it was really cool. It was a commercial free, um, like just, you know, commercial free shot. Whoever gets to 157 first wins. Very entertaining. A ton of defense was played. The best all-star game finale in years. Uh, and people were like, you know, I think Tim Frank of, at the NFL communications office is like, I'm about to blow people up for everybody's complaining about the same thing because that was awesome, blah, 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 blah. So, Breach, give us your best. Rodivo, what do you think about the NBA All-Star game? Don't want to cut you out here. It's great. I mean, I want to hear what Breach has to say. Okay, Breach, what do you do? <laughs> how would you change the Pro Bowl? Am I just giving one rule or should I give all of them? Just hey, Diva, how does it make you feel that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are playing <laughs> the final 10 games together? That doesn't make sense to me. We can argue about the Sixers at a later time. <laughs> oh, Debo, I'm going to get you to help me on my NBA portion of my <laughs> Wins a little DFS money. Now he thinks he's a NBA expert. An expert. <laughs> Did you say on the podcast about this? Did you tell the story on the podcast? Let's move along. Uh, Breach, what is your number one rule for fixing? What number one way you would fix the Pro Bowl? My number one way is you want to keep people watching the whole entire time. 
You want to have a bunch of points scored. Uh, so my number one rule in the Pro Bowl would be no punting. Okay, number two, what do you got? Uh, why do you guys feel about that rule? Well, when, when you were listening to these, are these going to be like first in terms of like order you were listing them, or is that your best idea? Well, you said I can only give one, so I had my best, oh. biggest, the biggest one ready. I got some. I got some how many, how many items do you have? Okay, yeah. How I, many have, you have? I have four. Okay, now I want to hear all of them. But they're all special this. teams. They're all special oh. teams. <laughs> Let me just say this. He started off by saying, to ensure people don't turn off the television when they're watching the Pro Bowl. <laughs> I am not watching punting or no punting. I'm not watching the Pro Bowl. Uh, if there's no punting, you wouldn't tune in just to see it? That's not you know, have that's fourth, not, that's fourth, not moving the needle. Fourth and eight, <laughs> and uh, who's the most conservative coach in the NFL? It doesn't matter because I'm not watching. <laughs> fourth and eight, and Adam <laughs> Gase is coaching the John, AFC. Uh, John Fox has to go for it on fourth and eight. Let's see what happens next. From, from his own 12-yard line? Come on. You're watching it with no punting. I guarantee it. Mike is about to give birth. Hold on. Uh, I want to hear the rest of his ideas. I think field goals go to fantasy scoring. So 40 to 49 is worth four, 50 to 59 is worth five, well, 60 to 69 is worth six. No punting. No punting's brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. I can't believe you guys don't like the no punting rule. You should put this on Twitter, Brinson. Okay, so field goal goes to fantasy scoring. Um, See, then I, if field goal is like if you were trailing by four points, you could decide do we want to stop in the 50-yard range to try and take the lead or do we want to get a couple extra yards? And, and, and I would be okay yeah. with the NFL doing that. And a 50 yards is not a gimme, so by making that you know choice, you're putting your kicker out there. On a field goal that's 50-50 for most people, except for like Justin Tucker, who it's like 80-20. But if you were trailing by four, it's like the XFL extra points. Like you could, you know, like you know, you could get within a 40-yard field goal, make it, and you're tied up. All right, what do you got, number three? Uh, the other one is the NFL had that proposal about the fourth and 15 onside kick to do it in the fourth quarter. Do that for the whole entire game. So after any kickoff, if you want to keep the ball, instead of kicking off, you get a fourth and 15 from your own 35, and every team has to use it at least once per game. So if you're winning and you still haven't used it, you have to use it. And if you don't get it, now the other team gets the ball down in your territory. Um, so that funny one's still the worst one. Go ahead. That's three rules. That's I thought that would be good. What was number four? I thought you had four. Well, that's three. <laughs> I, I'm aware. I thought you had four. The fourth one was crap. You guys hate all my rules, so I'm not giving you any more. No, the, if you hadn't started with those two, the number two and number three, we would have been fine with it, and you just throw in the punting one. The punting one was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> no punting is – people are going to tune in. It's all offense. No punting. No forward pass. Next rule. No, see, that would be boring. No one's watching that. What's number four? He doesn't have one. He was trying to oversell it so we would listen to him, and then he, he got it, got over his skis there <laughs> and, <laughs> and rolled down <laughs> – no, number four is so bad he didn't want to talk. It can't be worse than the money. Do it, Breach. Come on. Okay, we've already talked about on the podcast before. Instead of having a coin toss, you have the field goal gamble at the beginning of the game to decide who gets the ball first. How's that work? That's where uh, the home head coach picks a yard line, say a 60-yard field goal, and then the away head coach gets to decide if he wants his kicker or the other kicker to try it. That prevents the home kicker from trying too far away. And yeah. then the other team gets the ball both times. You don't just get it in the first half. You get it the first and the second half. So those are John Breach's Pro Bowl fixes in reverse order from uh, from worst to best. 100%. That was the best one. Pro, the field goal gamble? That sounds incredible. I've been the watching. problem is that people are going to turn it off, though, after that and before the game starts. I'd watch an hour of just the kickoff game, the, the field goal gamble. Like, just don't even know. They, they should just have more like field goal kicking contest like the three-point contest is is fun in the nba they should do that for the nfl but field goals 
Oh, yeah, and that's where, like, the big the fantasy scoring. You got a guy trying a 62-yarder for six points. Boom. Uh, it's 50, 50 plus is five, unfortunately. No, 60 um, would be in this rule that I came up with would be six points. He's <laughs> a commissioner of fantasy, Jared. It wasn't very funny. <laughs> Top five free agents under 25. Sean wagner McGoff's latest piece on CBSSports.com. You can check it out. Tell us about your uh, criteria, Sean. Or I can tell you about the criteria if you don't have it in front of you. I remember. Um, obviously, if you're 25 years old, that counts. And it's when this piece is written. It's not when the season starts. So a number of these guys will turn 26 over the summer. Positional value matters. There's a lot of like pretty decent running backs on the list uh, who did not make it because they play running back. Like Matt Breida, for example, is a restricted free agent. He would be an interesting piece for someone to sign, but we're not going to rank him in the top 10 because you can get running backs anywhere. Uh, and also for the list, I tried to make sure the unrestricted free agents got a bit of a boost above the RFAs and ERFAs. We're just trying to look at guys who could, in theory, hit free agency. That said, when we give our top fives, I think we have to imagine most of these guys will not hit free agency. Maybe only a couple actually will. Okay. Um, yeah, and RFA, obviously, it's, you, have a, you have a match, a tender that you match on, um, which sounds like a dating app thing, which is kind of weird. Though. Tinder that you match on? Gotcha, yeah. Bumble, you that one's fun. Don't you match yeah. on Tinder all the time? Sean, how was Valentine's Day, Sean? It was good. I, as as <laughs> predicted, we I read about movies. Oh, that's right. Um, <laughs> check out The Long Shot, Sean's movie newsletter. Actually, if you're listening to this podcast and you like movies at all, go check it out. It's, Sean puts a lot of effort into it. It's pretty good. Worth noting, it was called a long shot because Sean was sitting there alone on Valentine's Day and realized it was a long shot. He was going to have a date that night. Fake news, but that's fine. We can let that narrative stick. Debo laughs. I'll take it. <laughs> Whatever helps me sell. Here's a list of guys that didn't make anyone's top five. Kendall Fuller. Surprising. Leonard Williams. Even more surprising. Austin Hooper, the tight end for the Falcons. Get some cash on the open market. These are in Sean's top ten, but didn't make the top five. Uh, and then Austin Eckler, who's an RFA. Uh, I love Austin Eckler. He's a and a running back. And a running back. But he's a, a modern running back, so I think he could be a nice little piece. Sean, let's uh, start with your number five. Who you got? Uh, who you got? Jack Conklin, the Titans right tackle. And this is going to be uh, controversial, and someone in the pick six Facebook group did accuse me of not talking about running backs like they're human beings. Uh, but I will say, if I were the Titans, I would prioritize Jack Conklin over Derrick Henry, personally. I said, I said this, too, I think, on the podcast. Oh, you did? Okay. Uh, he is a lot better in run blocking than he is in pass blocking, but he's probably one of the best, if not the best, run blocking right tackles. And for what the Titans want to do offensively, uh, I would rather have him and plug a running back in behind him than have Derrick Henry and try to plug someone in at right tackle. I had Jack Conklin number five too for our list, but um, I don't. I think most of us agree here, except for Sean, that Derrick Henry is sort of the exception in Tennessee in terms of just any old running back. You're not paying him sixteen million dollars a year, but I feel like you're not going to replace him just by drafting some guy or grabbing some dude off the street. Uh, I had Yannick Ngakwe at five, but I didn't know we were ranking them. I just sent Debo a list of five uh, top five Tuesdays. What do you think that means? Well, that uh, explains I, his Pro Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> I spent all my time on these Pro Bowl rules and not enough time making my ranking is Just clearly record. what happened here. Debo slacked me and Breach at uh, 12, 13 p.m. Can you send top five under 25 free agents? Yeah, so I just sent five. That's It didn't say rank them. So, yeah, what, what is it? You can change them. Like, there's, there's not a 
There's not a, sh- a video on the screen right now. You can change them as you go along. Uh, my list is already there. Debo went through a lot of trouble to make that list. He did copy and paste it. You're right. So, and so uh, I, I don't, you know what, but I'm fine with that. I think that you guys all have them on your list, just not at number five. So it's a good, I think that, I think that Jacksonville would be smart to re-sign him. And if he doesn't. record, uh, Breach also edited his list in Slack. So sort of uh, caught a lie here. <laughs> what? It says, so either you spelled it Yanni instead of Yannick, or you. Oh were... no, I, I forgot the Y. It was just Onik. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that was actually what happened. All right. He's been doing a lot of lying in 2020. <laughs> the list, the 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 throwing the football, the on how long you throw the football. It's incredible. The marathon. I can't wait till our pick six Olympics in June. Did you see uh, Sketcherdoodle did the. Uh... Oh, that was great. Sketcherdoodle's the best. He did a Photoshop. Bless you, Debo. Oh yes. He photoshopped uh, Breach as the uh, – it was like a little punk Breach, too. It was like a college Breach as the play yeah, 16. Yeah, highlights in his hair. Yeah. Uh, so who's your number five, Ryan? Did you... I agree with Sean. I had Jack Conklin number five. Okay. I had as my five – I had Amari Cooper. What? Why so low? Yeah, you so know, low. Um, look, if the Cowboys let him go at a certain point, I mean, it's a little weird that like the – Wait, 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 wait. He was injured. He was awesome last year when he got there. He was awesome. He was awesome this year too, even if he didn't have the pulse. He wasn't great on the road. I like Amari Cooper. I'm just saying that it would be, it's a little weird to be a free agent under 25 who's already been let go by two teams. He was, they got a first round, and they got a first round pick, and at the time we all thought it was a a really good deal by the Raiders, and then. Turns out it wasn't when he was healthy. It was a fair deal. He had he had a career high this year in yards and touchdowns. What do you mean he wasn't good this year? I didn't say he wasn't good. That's what you just said. You're like, yeah, on the you're like on the road and all this. <laughs> he, a little weird that after <laughs> Who said that? I'm not it's saying. A little, a little you know, weird I'm, I'm just you know, I'm just saying. It's a little weird that he might be he also didn't have a career high in catches. Uh I said yards touchdowns. and touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, he had a, he had a good year. I'm just saying that it's a little bizarre that he might be on his third team before he turns 26. One crazy team traded him. Another team really enjoyed his services in 2018 and most of 2019, and then he got hurt. And now he's a free agent. He's still in his rookie deal. Look, when you're out there dating, you're trying to find a, a good match, there's some red flags you look for. Yeah, if you turn your ankle and you can't walk to the movie theater with your girlfriend, then she's going to be like, you know what? I'm going to go with someone else. The third, if you're working on two marriages before 25, it's a red flag, man. All right. Fair enough. Sean, did you date somebody who'd been divorced twice before the age of 30? Sean is a Friends fan. Of course he would. He loves Ross Geller. If they were as talented as Amari Cooper, absolutely. I would be like, you know what? I'm the one that can can make it stick. I can fix you. That's right. All right. So the Bears should sign Amari Cooper. There you go. They would be better. Can he play quarterback? Also, I think that you can sort of – the other thing, too, for me is like, would I rather pay Amari Cooper $19 million a year? Mm Mm-hmm. Or just draft Stevie Lamb, or Jerry Judy, or T Higgins. I because I think I'd rather go in the draft. And get but the ch- aren't the isn't the goal for those players for them to eventually become as good as Amari Cooper? So wouldn't you just rather take the guy who already is that good? No, just to save the money is the point. Yeah, you're saving a ton of money. You know, who's been- give up a first round pick for him. I feel like at this point you have to like you trade you give away first round pick 
and then he exceeded expectations, and now you're going to let him go? Well, you're, like, just, why you're, talking you're talking about the Cowboys. That's a separate – that's a sunk cost. I don't have a quarterback. Sean, Britney Spears has been divorced twice. Would you bury I mean, her? So is, it, is Amari Cooper going to get $22 million a year? No, you just said 19 I know, but like he's a full-blown free agent. No, he's not getting 22 He's getting think, Michael he'll get Thomas, close. Right? I don't think he'll pass Michael Thomas. He's not better than Michael Thomas. It doesn't matter who he's better than if he if he hits the market. It does matter wide receivers more so than like quarterbacks. I think quarterbacks is different. I mean, Julio got twenty two a year. I understand. Like, I think he'll slot between Thomas and Julio as a well, full blown free agent. Okay, well then that goes. His against agent's you. not doing his job if he's not getting around that. All right, what's number four? We spent enough time on Mark Cooper. Number four, Sean. I have Hunter Henry. So does Ryan. Ryan and I have very similar lists. So do I. You guys copy off each other? Well, Breach is Hunter Henry at number 27, just so you know. <laughs> but he didn't know that we were ranking him. <laughs> Henry's not on Breach's list, but I have Hunter Henry number four. What do you like about Hunter Henry outside of the fact that he's awesome? Well, what I don't like about him is that he um, is injured all the time. That's why he's not on my list. He has missed 16 games over the past two seasons. But he's one of the best, most dynamic pass-catching tight ends when healthy. Um, he's a above-average blocker, um, so he can contribute in both of those areas. I kind of think he's going to wind up in New England. I was going to say, think, well, you think he'd have success there? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. I, I, Sean, he's being sarcastic, Sean. Right. Jameis Winston, Amari Cooper, A.J. Green, Hunter Henry. <laughs> there's, your, there's your Super Bowl winners right there. I mean, if they added A.J. Green and Hunter Henry... And brought back Tom Brady with no, what if they brought back Jameis Winston with Hunter Henry and, and see this is what I think is actually gonna happen. I don't know if it's gonna be Odell like Ryan likes to say or AJ Green, but I think they're gonna get Hunter Henry, they're going to get one of those receivers and just bring back Brady Brady and they'll be fine. Yeah. Mm. Hunter Henry would be real what if you just added Hunter Henry and Austin Hooper? <laughs> you just went to free agency to fix your tight end problem. Like that like you're not slowing down the Patriots if they add Hunter Henry and Austin Hooper. No, they were really good when they had two tight ends. All right, how, uh, how much are they? How much are they paying those guys though? What's the goal? What's the highest paid tight end to make now? Travis Kelsey. Who's who's the highest paid tight end? Well, I think you would get Hunter Henry at a mild discount, even though he's young because of the injury history. Uh, Jimmy Graham made ten, yeah. ten million. Kelsey's at ten, or Graham's at ten. Kelsey's that at electronic noise that sounded like a fart. Uh, right as okay, just my earphones. Good. Right as I said, Jimmy Graham makes ten. It was like, um, Kelsey at nine point four. That's cheap. Jordan Reed, 9-3. Kyle Rudolph, 9. Zach Ertz, 8-5. Delaney Walker, 8-5. Trey Burton, 8. That's average per year. This might be a spot, an economic spot for Bill Belichick to just sort of get in the market and be like, if this, these guys are undervalued. So, both gonna... players for $17 million a year, that's a bargain. That's one Amari Cooper and um, a backup quarterback. Or even if you just get them both for 20 a year. Fine. You give both that's... of them $10 million a year? That's a bargain is the sort of the, the takeaway, though. I mean, I think if you add Hunter Henry and Austin Hooper to the Patriots, you're cooking. And I don't care who your quarterback is, you're cooking with gas. So if, you, if your choices are sign one Amari Cooper or you get both Hunter Henry and Austin Hooper, you're going with the tight end package every time? I Everyone? Right, no, in, right. in New England, I am. I, anywhere I am. Hunter Henry's a pretty good run blocker. Hooper's fine. Well, I mean, there's the issue about the health, but yes. Well, I mean, he tore his ACL in, before the 2018 season and then – didn't come back quickly. I mean, that's, no, he did come back quickly. That was a problem. He played in the playoff game. That's right. But they didn't play. The next he, what did he miss time for this year? He got hurt early in the season. What was it? I don't remember. 
Phil Rivers hurt his feelings would be my guess. So, all right, John, well, who's your number four? Uh, my number four was Dante Fowler. I hear the enthusiasm. I can tell you guys love it. Uh, I'm, I love the defense alignment, apparently, guys. I think that he would be – I mean, he had a huge 2018 season. He'd be a good pickup for anyone. The breach definitely shot a shot on the uh, on the Pro Bowl rules. He is all out. <laughs> I did have uh, Dante Fowler on my top ten, like at six or seven, I think. Uh, he was the guy who really benefited. He took the like prove it deal last year, just one year deal, and he had a career high in sacks. So he's going to get paid. I don't know by who. I don't know if the Rams can really afford with Jalen coming up. They can't afford. But do we know that he's anything more than a one year wonder? Because he wasn't great in Jacksonville. He's also gotten in trouble. Or was it just with Tom Coughlin? He had some off, he had some off-field stuff. Was Mike crazy for thinking that? I don't he, know. He had a thing, I think, with like reporters. Like he went after, he got mad at reporters, and they had to suspend him. I think him and Jalen, I think, got suspended. Again, first former first-round pick on a second team before the age of twenty-five. Some red flags there. But he crushed the passer. All right, go ahead, uh, Sean. Number three. I have Breeze's number five. Unique and Gagway. And my number two. I also have Yannick Ngakwe as my number three. I think, and, uh, I think he's going to come back to Jacksonville. Hey, shout out to the Jaguars for uh, just flooding the market with former first round or former top uh, top three round picks who are great pass rushers. Good job by you guys to really uh, keep that defense together. And you traded Jalen Ramsey, Jaguars. Good job. Well, they got Josh Allen, so he's good at least. Yeah, and that means Josh Allen will be a top 25 or 25 free agent in the next three years. Yeah. And it looks like uh, Chelsea, you're staring blankly instead of explaining why you would take Yannick Ngakwe. Me? Yeah. Your yes. beloved Chelsea what, just got robbed of a goal. Uh, I think that. Well, I think the Jags first of all are going to tag him. I don't think they can afford to just let him walk, and I don't know if they want to give him that long term deal. It's kind of funny because uh, I remember like two years ago I did the top twenty five under twenty five players in the NFL, and I had him really high. And he's kind of dropped off the list. He's been remarkably consistent. I think he averages like nine sacks per season. He's never had fewer than eight, but he hasn't hit double digits since 2017, which was that year I ranked him really high. I don't think sacks obviously aren't the most important measure when it comes to pass rushers because they affect the play uh, more often than that. I think he's pretty good against the run, but that has been, I think, the criticism. I think I was looking at pro football focuses free agent list, and they kind of dinged him a lot for that, which I think it's a little bit exaggerated. I think he's fine against the run. Uh it comes down to, do you value pass rushers more, or quarterbacks more, or tight ends more? And I think pass rushers are still inherently valuable, uh, even though a lot of the advanced metrics now say, you know, the secondary guys are more important. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a 24-year-old. About yeah, he's, he's also the youngest on this list, I think. Yeah, he's about to turn 23, former third-round pick who was considered raw and, like, hadn't been hard. Like, again, this is the type of guy that Bill Belichick might go out and sign. And then, but, yeah. You know? I'm assuming he's staying in Jacksonville too. And do you, do you know who wants Phil Rivers to go to the Colts more than anyone else? <laughs> yeah, and he can Gakway, so he can rough his ass up twice a year after that earful again. <laughs> <laughs> yards. Uh, uh, right, Wilson has Yannick and Gakway at number two. You have Amari Cooper at number three. We already argued about Amari, so we'll move on from him. Um, Sean has him at number two, and so does Breach. That's exciting. Anything you guys want to add to the Amari Cooper discussion? Didn't think so. And number one for everybody, Chris Jones from the Kansas City Chiefs. No-brainer. I I don't know what the Chiefs are going to do with him. I would assume that they want to franchise tag him. Uh, he is an outstanding and underrated player. 
funny fella. And um, I would I would tag him if I was the Chiefs and try to figure out a way to keep him because him and Frank Clark make a big difference, especially with Honey Badger. I think if you have Frank Clark, Chris Jones, and Honey Badger, you can do something with your defense. You can figure it out. They did a good job figuring it out pretty much towards the end there, I felt like. They got yeah. better. And you only, only got to be average. Like, you don't need a top 10, top 5 defense. They were defense. top 10 down the stretch, though. They were exactly. a top 10 defense down the stretch. Right, but I'm saying you don't even need that with Mahomes. You just need a decent, average, mediocre defense that can get off the field occasionally and get some turnovers. That's all you need. Correct. And he forces – he – a lot of people talk about Damian Williams could have won Super Bowl MVP um, over Mahomes, and I think that's also a valid argument. If you were going to pick someone on that defense in that game, I think Chris Jones impacted that game so much, even if he didn't necessarily get all the sacks. He had a couple passes that he batted down the line of scrimmage, throws that were open that were going to be completed, um, and he forced Garoppolo into a couple of bad decisions with pressure. Uh, as Brinson said, he's a stud, uh, and – it kind of flies under the radar because their defense was so bad in 2018. He had 15 and a half sacks in 2018, which is kind of remarkable. That is kind of remarkable. It is. It's it's completely remarkable. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> nice. Uh, all right. How so, much money is Chris Jones going to get? Oh, I think he'll get. Um, what does Frank Clark get? He'll get. If, if he hits, if he hits the open market as a free agent, he'll get north of twenty million dollars a year, easy. Marcus Lawrence is at twenty-one million. Frank Clark is roughly at twenty-one million too. We've been doing this podcast so long that I've twice now seen Breach come up on HQ while I'm looking at him. <laughs> that's a lot. That's but you didn't. But you were not uh, doing the show today. You guys, you guys will love that Chris Hassel made fun of my marathon experience on HQ yes! on Monday. You mean the marathon experience that not, never happened? Marathon not experience. <laughs> uh, we were talking about Brinson's Madden Sim, and he's like, you guys love to make up things on that <laughs> podcast. I heard you run a drunk marathon breach. And the best part is, you know you don't have enough time to respond, so you're just like, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can't derail like all of the HQ segment for like <laughs> full-blown. Like, you said to be like, <laughs> Got me again, hassle. Uh, answer whatever question. Where are we classifying? Um, when looking at the contracts, are you where are you plugging inside? Right, Chris Jones. Who's, who's the highest paid interior guy? Fletcher Cox. What's he make? Seventeen point one. He's making more than that. Then I would think Chris Jones would get to twenty. Yeah, Trey Flowers last offseason got eighteen, and I think he's better than Trey Flowers. He's definitely better than Trey Flowers. But I mean, like, I'm just saying, like, you can't lump him as an edge rusher. I mean, Frank Clark got 20.8. Like, Chris Jones is not going to be cool making less money than Frank Clark. So Aaron Donald makes 22.5. Ooh. There. I don't, I don't think you can argue to make more than Aaron Donald, but I think he would, could get up to that range where you're up at like 21, where you're the second highest paid by a mile. Cause I don't think. Yeah. 21 and a half. That's a good call. So JJ Watts making, um, uh, 16.7 per year and then Aaron Donald's 22.5. And JJ Watts on an older deal though, right? For, for sure. But I'm just saying, I think that you can viably say I deserve more than $20 million. And Grady Jarrett just signed this past offseason for 17 million a year and Chris Jones is getting more than Grady Jarrett. Yeah, and like, he was a mid-round pick, too, so he yeah. might be – like, he should be looking to really cash out here because he didn't make that much on his rookie deal. Well, remember, they were a 3-4 defense, and he was a 3-4 end, and then they switched to a 4-3, and he played more on the interior. But, you know what I mean? Like, he still rushes. That's why his stack numbers went down, too. 
Yeah, and he still had nine, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so but the point being is that, yeah, he's going to get $20 million a year. And we can get out of here. Ryan can go watch uh, CBS Sports HQ. Or, uh, wait, are you saying Breach is telling us $30 million for Chris Jones? What? No, $30 million for Teddy Bridgewater. Oh. So why you would drop that in at the end of the podcast as a note to derail me. But anyway. <laughs> No punts for everyone. No punts. No punts. You know what we need? We need a, we need to, we need some gear for stuff that we do on the podcast, like a hashtag no punts. There you go. Yeah. Get, get us hooked up with uh, your buddy, Jimmy Matram. Maybe Breaking Tea can do us some shirts. That'd be cool. No hash. What would your, we could do a no punt shirt, right? You just that got- could be the name of my special teams podcast, the no punts podcast. No punting up. You like that, Debo? Uh, uh we'll have to see if that gets approved. <laughs> I'll have to submit a proposal. I'll I'll look it over. I'll, I'll write back to you on that. <laughs> you got dunk yeah. That could be another one. It would be hilarious. Like breach, breach is like bugging you and bugging you and bugging you to do a like his own podcast, a special teams podcast. You're like, cool. You've got a uh, daily special teams podcast now. Knock yourself out. <laughs> Brenton quit, so there's an opening. Yeah, and you have to. No, it's only special teams. Uh, all right. Good show, guys. We'll be back uh, tomorrow. Pete Prisco looking at top 100 free agents. Always excited to talk to Pete. We'll have Dave Damashek later in the week. And then one more Super Friends show before the Combine. Oh, yeah. Talk to you guys later.